section seventeen of travels to oaxaca by nicholas joseph thierry de menonville an anonymous translation from the french this librivox recording is in the public domain i departed from la punta at two in the afternoon and had to travel seven tedious leagues by a very bad road the unfortunate negro desirous of shortening the way lengthened our journey still one league more for after reaching a ford in a river which empties itself into the rio de la punta he found it impassable and we were consequently obliged to return above the junction of the two rivers i again noticed the frightful passage over the wretched bridge and the tremendous foss in the rock through which this deep and rapid river glides foaming in many a curve after crossing this bridge we proceeded at full gallop over the savannas of the plain on which we entered i had some words with the negro but as i assumed a commanding tone he was soon calm and in spite of all the torrent beds arroyos we reached monte calabaza by eight in the evening i lost a milled quadruple from my purse on this stage it had no doubt gotten out of my purse into the waistcoat pocket and thence through some opening had fallen on the plain of sand we had now entered upon i regretted it as it was lost to everybody alas said i to myself were it not far better i had given it to the beautiful indian of orizaba or rather to the kind and worthy family i had seen at atconcingo at the village of calabaza i again beheld my old fox of a host much astonished at seeing me whom he had observed going on foot return on horseback and with such a train i asked for horses which at first he told me it was impossible to procure that there were none that none were at hand he used many other contradictory and frivolous excuses for not supplying me the end of all this i saw plainly was only extortion and at length i obtained what i wanted though for six horses to vera cruz a distance of eighteen leagues he exacted no less than twenty dollars the horses indeed were excellent before i left the place i cast a glance about me the whole landscape was changed in the interval of a fortnight the rains that had fallen in lieu of barrenness and perfect nudity had occasioned the display of the most charming and lively verdure the whole green carpet before me and every shrub were enamelled with flowers while innumerable birds gave by their pleasing notes a charming animation to nature i here purchased a nest of six beautiful green parakeets with blue wings no larger than sparrows i brought them in safety to vera cruz in a calabash suspended from my saddle but they perished at sea we travelled the first stage at a brisk rate and reached the miserable rancho of the old and ugly negress at which i had halted on leaving vera cruz fatigued harassed and half dying with hunger i entreated of her four eggs that i saw but she would spare me only two she had brandy but no wine so that i made myself a kind of lemonade 
this was all i could get from my sorry dinner as an additional vexation i was subjected to a thousand ridiculous questions from this talkative and impertinent woman and to raillery such as were admissible only from an equal i was nearly out of patience with her but rightly reckoned that contempt was the only return due from me to such a creature i took much pains in course of my long excursion in examining the character of the africans and americans and marked distinctions highly favorable to the latter notwithstanding their nearly similar condition in life under the dominion of spain the african constantly appeared to me to be proud passionate vindictive and effeminate base and intolerably idle the mexican on the contrary is phlegmatic mild and submissive faithful and laborious his humility is in no respect allied to meanness the negro is humble from fear alone the indian from reflection and oftentimes from attachment for he is truly as partial to spaniards as abhorrent of negroes with the former he frequently intermarries but never with the latter the negroes are spies over the conduct of the indians and in their charges are almost always calumniators either with a wish of flattering their masters or from jealousy of their fellow servants similar to those dogs which guard the weak and timid flock they avenge themselves for the sufferings they endure from their master on those subject to their vengeance and frequently tear them to pieces the americans have that natural benignity of soul which makes them prepossessing in their manners and hospitable to every one i met on my way with a thousand indians their salute was made when yet at a distance their gratulation always uttered unaffectedly and at the very instant of our meeting and how thankful ought i not to be for the constantly kind reception i experienced from them for the negroes scarcely would they deign to bow on my passing and at the last place that i halted at and elsewhere how did i prove their want of compliance to travellers the first in following their employments stray ten and even fifteen leagues from their hamlets and carry enormous loads but never did i meet with a single negro on foot or carrying the lightest burden the dream of certain authors that the liberty of america will be the institution of a negro is purely chimerical liberty is indeed a blessing by whatever hand bestowed but that an african a voluntary slave a man of the most depraved nature the scoff even of his equals and thrown like the foam of the sea on the shores of america that such a vile wicked and cowardly people should appreciate justly the value of liberty and so far lose their known illiberality as to share its benefits with their masters is what cannot be expected no should a revolution happen i can far more readily believe it will proceed from a people mild indeed but endowed with sense a people who still occupy the soil on which their ancestors lived free 
who still hold this tradition and whose temper soured at last by the indignities to which they are subject may break their yoke in pieces and disdain their forced subjection the negro by no means possesses that energy of mind nor that love for his country which are the origin of great enterprises his heart essentially corrupt and dastardized by interest and debauchery is incapable of sublime feeling as his soul of grand conceptions true bravery exists only in the worthy soul and who can boast a more noble soul one consequently susceptible of real courage than the inhabitant of america so little yet removed from the pristine state of nature let then the indian unfold the banners of freedom this prospect most delights me this is my view of futurity after these reflections suggested to me by circumstances i reverted to those which more immediately affected myself i had ample room for congratulating myself at having reached the last day of a journey so interesting and at seeing it thus crowned with the most complete success despite of two viceroys six governors thirty alcaldes and twelve hundred customs guards still in the midst of my self-congratulation two gnawing worms interrupted the perfectness of my happiness and constantly tormented me in the first place i was not yet clear of the perquisitions of the governor of vera cruz and i dreaded his reproaches if he should come to the knowledge that in spite of his orders i had exceeded the limits of the jurisdiction of the city he governed i was precisely in the condition of the truant who sneaks into his father's house after a holiday he has been making while his parents thought him at school on the other hand whatever reliance i placed on spanish dilatoriness i trembled lest i should not arrive before the departure of the two ships destined for the havana in the forward part of june and by which i reckoned upon returning that i might so do had been the motive for my hastening my departure from oaxaca and making such speed on my way and on this head i had verily no occasion to reproach myself for i had used the utmost diligence by four in the evening we arrived at rio de jamapa though this river was greatly swollen we were assured it was passable the indian my guide went before in a little time the water was up to our saddle bows most luckily i had constantly had my boxes packed very high but for which all my treasures had been lost for us ourselves the risk we ran was imminent this was no longer the broad and tranquil stream but three feet deep which i had passed before in a boat but a rapid river whose impetuous current bore everything before it and which was more than six hundred yards over besides the oblique line which its rapidity forced us to take we were moreover obliged to make an angle in order to ford it and reach the proper place of landing i found all my exertion requisite in keeping myself steady on my horse 
which trembled with dread beneath me and all my courage not to be intimidated at the sight of our danger i found it utterly impossible to look at the current without being dizzy so much so indeed as almost to lose my seat our horses feeling their way at every step were twenty minutes in relieving us from the frightful fears we endured throughout this dangerous passage it was certainly the most perilous situation i ever was placed in in my life and were a million offered i would not have ventured to return to the other side on landing i was pale and faint and needed a draught of brandy to bring me to myself three hundred paces from where we landed we saw a cabin at which we should have made the shore but for the depth and extreme rapidity of the flood night overtook us at two leagues from vera cruz it was unfortunate for us not to be able to reach that city but to attempt it would be running the risk of losing ourselves in a country where the tracks made in the sand one day are effaced by the winds on the next moreover our horses were exceedingly tired and after all we should have found the gates of the city shut we were therefore forced to stop and halted for the night at the side of a caravan consisting of three hundred mules i had before met with similar caravans and at first conceived as may be gathered from my narrative a very high opinion of the population and commerce of the country but i have since on weighing these circumstances more maturely been convinced of the contrary and that compared with the consumption and commerce of the whole of mexico the number of mules is far from great during my stay at vera cruz i saw more than ten thousand mules loaded there but then it must be considered that the exportation and import of a country four times as large though not a twentieth part so populous as france is all carried on at this one port that these animals convey the produce of the whole of the north of mexico vera cruz oaxaca and guatemala a gorge between the mountains of more than five hundred leagues in length and that the returns brought by them are either of great bulk or very heavy for example wine oil iron etc nor is this all though the common load of the mexican mules is from five to six hundred weight it is not the less true that thirty or even forty of them on account of the necessity of relays for shifting the loads scarcely carry as much as one of our broad-wheel wagons such as are used between nantes and strasbourg and which carry twelve thousand weight after this computation six of such wagons in reality effect as much as two hundred mules though they make a far less conspicuous appearance to these considerations let there be added that these numerous caravans are only seen every other year when the galleons are off the coast and then we shall be enabled to appreciate at their just value this pompous and imposing display of mules and muleteers we hope to meet with some supply of food from these muleteers for we were utterly destitute of provision having reckoned for certain on reaching vera cruz 
i therefore entreated them to sell me some of their thin cakes of maize but this they flatly refused however a few moments after they brought me a dish of beans and some maize prepared in a manner i had never seen before they take the finest part of the flour of this grain after sifting it which is formed into a puff paste and they afterwards bake it in the same manner as biscuit they thus make chippings of white bread which are eaten in pieces and are really both very good and wholesome but require long mastication as they are very dry and hard the present of the muleteers i shared with my topeth i opened all my cases in the same manner i had done the day before to give air to my cochineals after this i was anxious for rest but in vain did the cool of night combine with fatigue to close my eyelids a cloud of gnats hovering constantly about prevented the gentle influence of the poppies of morpheus how vexatious how tormentingly vexatious the struggle between exhausted nature and the continual buzz of myriads of winged adders now alarmed with their hum and as often with a sting a sting the pain of which of long duration and severe ceases only to be succeeded by a terrible itching which nothing alleviates and which is only the more increased by scratching till bathed in blood scratches indeed are often followed by dangerous ulcers ever summoned and still ever driven away my disturbed slumbers were to me a real torture and at the close of night i found myself still more weary than if i had passed a whole week in the most exhausting labor at length i saw on the horizon the brilliant star of the ship argos and concluding thence it was two o'clock we departed we arrived at vera cruz at the gate of orizaba before daybreak i was in a condition so little fit to be seen that i thought it best to go and change my dress before i entered the city leaving therefore the indian to take care of my trunks i scaled the walls entered my lodgings where i found everything as i had left it dressed myself in a decent manner and repaired to the gate of orizaba which was then opening i was a little surprised and somewhat terrified at not finding there my horses but i learnt that there being no officers at that gate they had been taken to that of mexico i ran through the town thither and reached it at the instant of their making their approach the guards wished to send me to the customs house which did not open before eight o'clock i instantly felt all the inconvenience consequent on traversing the city and exposing my prize to the looks of every one and shuddered at the thought i therefore saw no better expedient of disembarrassing myself than tickling the natural vanity of the spaniards what said i to the chief clerk do you then so soon forget the french physician and is it possible you would wish to make him kick his heels in attendance like a footman for the space of four hours besides are you such novices cannot you yourselves make the requisite examination 
you cannot be such geese but know your business and how to act without advice do but look what i bring is nothing but herbs nothing but botanical collections and as i spoke i opened my boxes they were not disposed to take the trouble of examining more than two and the only things to which my good folks took exception were the sticks which supported my nopals they fancied these must be some precious wood and inquired its name of me i found it no difficult matter to invent one and i obtained my dismission pass in god's name was all they said i did not require twice bidding but soon reached my own home there was nobody yet up in the house not a soul stirring in the street and everything was placed secure in my apartment without a single person observing me i had now attained my wishes and my satisfaction was extreme my expedition was complete and in the short space of twenty days the half of one of which had been uselessly spent i had also stopped two days at oaxaca so that i had travelled in sixteen days i had journeyed two hundred and forty leagues of which forty on foot over roads so bad as often to be almost impassable under a burning sun in a wretched country without resources and among people of whose language i was ignorant in a country in short where i was destitute of a protector or any connections and where every public officer from his station ought to be inimical to me to have effected under such circumstances so long and tiresome a journey without illness and without accident was a matter so extraordinary so lucky that i scarcely was able to persuade myself of its reality in order to secure my felicity and more fully enjoy my thoughts i resolved on shutting myself up and not going out the whole of the day after breakfast i sent out for some mould in which to plant my nopals which i had taken out of the cases and exposed to the air i found they had sustained some trivial injury from rubbing but this was inconsequential and all considered i had no room to complain i put the nopals into my bedroom the most retired of my apartments as for the vanilla and other plants they were ostentatiously exposed in the hall in order to attract the attention of those individuals from whom i must necessarily receive visits however great my satisfaction and when is it ever perfect i could not disguise from myself the reverse of the picture my return by sea to santo domingo was adventurous but my chief embarrassment was how to get my treasure on board at vera cruz in conspectu omnium in the face of all israel and then the second gauntlet i had to run at the havana where i presumed i should have to touch for to how many accidents and inconveniences must i not be subject if in the crowd of inquisitive spectators i must encounter there should happen to be but one of them malevolent i was moreover anxiously disquieted about the means of fixing my plants on board ship 
in such a manner that they might be least liable to harm however after forming one general plan i afterwards made a point to dismiss the care of particulars till time should require their adoption following this rule the first thing which claimed attention was my passage before my departure i had been presented to the marquis of harrison then two months at vera cruz who had arrived with a cargo of wines and who on going to the havana was anxious to have a frenchman for his companion he had accepted of me and we had agreed to treat for my passage in three weeks from the time of our conversation i arrived in good time therefore and proposed visiting him that very evening for the purpose of learning what day he meant to sail at dusk therefore i went out calling first on my friends the engineers who i knew would not be at home in order to gather from the servants how the land laid these good folks were delighted to see me and by their attentions i reasonably judged that no change had taken place in their masters with respect to me they informed me that i was still conjectured to be at la medellina employed in botanizing and enjoying the baths i next visited the general of the fleet under like certainty of not meeting with him my surprise on this occasion was of the most pleasing kind when i was informed by his major-domo that don antonio ulloa was at mexico this incident was the more favorable owing to the constant visits i received from this inquisitive gentleman who would have examined everything and infallibly have discovered what i wished to conceal i have had confirmation of my being supposed at la medellina it was indeed known that i had brought back cases with me full of plants but if nothing further was suspected of what concern to me was this end of section seventeen